Rajiv, how are you going to pop the crowd tonight? Well, how about I fight a war games match and then just for fun, go fight in a real war, play some basketball, retire from boxing, and then maybe take up some cannibalism? How Wait about you, Carl? Wait, nobody getting high at the Academy nope. Awards? Not this week. Oh, man. Okay. All right. Three names for you. Rick Derringer, Whitney Houston, Spud Webb. Let me try that one more time. Rick Derringer, Whitney Houston, Spud Webb. What the hell is Spud Webb doing in here? A strange world where nothing is quite as it seems. All right, welcome on into Crowd Pop Live. You can follow us at Crowd Pop Live. I am at Carl X Mandic. He is at the Rajiv Eight. Wait, Rajiv. There it is. There it is, dude. I'm telling you, I struggle with that. You know what? Thank you for not making me feel so. Wait, this would have been been way easier. There it is. There it is. It um, and you can also find us. If you don't want the video version right now or don't want to rewatch it back later on Vimeo.com forward slash my chat pack live, Rajiv, where can they find the video or the audio? Well, can you can find right us. Now. You can find us on almost every podcast platform. If you go to anchor.fm forward slash crowd dash pop dash live, you'll be able to see what platforms we're available on and just find the best one for you. And you'll be able to hear us every Friday. Also, every Friday is Talkin' Dreams. There's a new episode dropping this Friday with the amazing Jose Sandoval. So go check that out as well. That one I'm really looking forward to. Do not sleep on any of those because they are all just amazing. The one you did with Barack just blew my face off. Like, it I'm was, lucky it to was have in, a face. In cricket terms, it was a sixer, so... Do you hear what Nia Jax had to say about it? What did she say? Through the table. That's it. Oh my God! We're still debating and we're still efforting right now here at uh, Crop Out Live if that is my hole or my holes. And we have checked with Courtney Love's people. It is not her band. Has no, it wasn't some like bang energy drink, you know, unionization type of stuff. I'd wow. like to think, I'd like to think that she had just finished listening to Crowd Pop Live and she was saying, My ear holes, my ear holes, because it was just <laughs> too amazing. Mm. No, it's because it's so toasty. That's why we come in with a hot open. Ow, 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 ow. It's so toasty. So toasty. But we do have to have this hot open. We got to get the crowd on their feet. They got to be pumped up, ready to go. They need to be on their chair, stomping their feet. So that way they are just ready for the rest of the show. Oddly our... enough, I was going to say, no, no, you finish it off there. <laughs> I was just going to say the hot open is anything pro wrestling then, now, and 
into the future. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to learning chemistry and how not to step on toes audio and visually. We're getting there. It's week two. Give us a break. The cool thing about it, why I got so excited is that both of our things actually happen in this tiny non-wrestling town that is Phoenix. Not too far from you. Not too far at all. Both of them in the same building. Hmm. But that's another thing we have to get to before we even talk hot open. <laughs> because I would be remiss if we didn't refresh the audience on exactly how this all works. Rajiv, while I pull this up and exactly how the years are picked by our pups, that's hashtag pup picks. P-U-P-P-I-C-K-S. Hashtag pup picks. That's a tough one to say. It is tough. Whew, got it out. Um, the premise of Crowd Pop Live. Yeah, so we were told by our pups last week that they were deciding everything for us. They wanted to be in the driver's seat since Axel's usually in the far back. He said, nope, not with this venture. Mm -mm. So... Basically, what we do is we present our dogs with two years. We tell them, hey, you either pick, like this week for Axel, it was either 81 or 91. And for Buddy, it was, it was 86 or 96. And, and now I got a lot of pressure from the millennials to do 96. I saw that. A lot of pressure. I saw that. A lot of pressure. And Buddy, kind of, well, you know, I don't want to give it away. Let's get to, let's get to our pups here as I get to the downloads. One second here. Now, the cool thing about this is that they get to, hey, they get a treat out of it. Let's I mean, let's call space well, spade. A treat might be saying it right. loosely. Yeah, uh, I would say, <laughs> uh, it, but then. And again, the other thing about it is that we are doing this in 10, 15, 20 year, 25, 30, 35 and beyond yep. year intervals. So, And that was something that we had kind of um, talked about as far yeah, as the, the five year mark was big for us. So like it's 2021 now, so we could even talk about like 2016 um, but we we both, especially for February, we're like that's that's a little too soon. So we're we went with last week was 2011 and 2001. So we want to hit those five year marks. We feel like those are very important as far as life and culture. So we just thought, you know, let's let's give this a sh give this a shot. And then our dog said, "Oh no no no, we are going to pick this for you." Dude, they did. I'm just pulling it up because it, uh, for some reason, did not save as, as planned, and that's okay. That's just what happens sometimes. So in the meantime, gonna... we can we can watch me try to figure out the. Uh, how does this? There it is. There it is. Do, 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 do. I will say this much: we have a lot of music in this one. We have ones that. I just did not even see coming. Um, I'll be honest. It it didn't even it didn't register with me at first how much music we had in 
said episode. Well, uh, unfortunately thinking. for one of mine, they also didn't see it coming. So, Ooh, wow. I definitely did not, did not see that. Either coming. <laughs> Damn. Can we get a, can we get a, Dan, can we, do we have anything for that, buddy? Do you have anything to click on real quick? Um, as we venture into the old desktop, wow, 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 just give me, and, and as, as we keep looking for this, because we are going to find this, <clears throat> oh, because it's a .mov, that's why, and that is a problem. So, well, we can they, just go, we just go in on, on what, what they picked. Yep. We should. Um, I just realized that it got got downloaded as a .mov, not a .mp4. And you know what? Week two. Oh, you know what? Wait for it. I do have it because I did backload this bad boy up to Vimeo. So hashtag pup pick is what it is. We got Axel. We got Buddy the Dog. We got something close to Rybaxel. <laughs> and we are going to get this one on. You know what? It's all right. That's how it goes sometimes. Sometimes you just got to roll with this thing being live. One of the exciting things about live television is sometimes you don't always get what you want. Eric loves live television. But you just might get what you need. And what we need right now is for our pups to decide which one they did pick via snacks, via music, and a little bit of Law and Order because they're laying it down just like this. In five, four, three, two, one. This is Casey Kasem letting you know that Axel and Buddy are picking these as our top one hundred. No, it's our one and two. You got two treats, didn't you? Images of strange and powerful forces. But of all the forces in the universe, the two most powerful. This is 96. This is 86. Which one? Any final decisions? You seem to be going for the left hand. 86 it is. Dude, Axel's diving in there. Do you notice that he's just... He, when it comes to food or treats, he does not mess around whatsoever. Buddy does not either. It's like a problem. Uh, (laughs) So let's start in the Valley of the Sun. Do you know what you are if you are a... Uh, from Phoenix, or if you were a native of Phoenix, you know what that makes you? I like do not. Chi- Chicagoans, New Yorkers. Right. Sacramentans. Is that a thing? 
It's a thing. I don't like it. Really? It's a thing. Yeah. Phoenicians. Hmm. Yeah. So let's start with this one. Fee, five, fo, fum. This is yours. We'll lead it off with this. This taking place, to give a little context to this arena, the old Phoenix Municipal Coliseum is now where the fair, well, there's no fair anymore because we're in pandemic pause. The Phoenix Roadrunners played here, and up until the Southwest Airlines Arena was built for Charles Barkley. I think we might be talking about him later. Um, Charles Barkley... Dan Marley, Kevin Johnson, that team that went to the finals, but Paxson hit the three against them. But they had they had some Cedric Sabalos, they had some gnarly. Uh, they Paul Westfall, uh, R.I.P. to Paul. Uh, you want to lead us off with a little War Games action there? One hundred percent. Russell War took place February twenty fourth, nineteen ninety one, from at the time the Arizona Veterans Memorial Coliseum. In Phoenix, Arizona, 6,800 in attendance. The view, the show is viewed as an overwhelming success. This is the show that Doom lose the WCW tag titles to the fabulous Freebirds. After the match, Butch Reed, RIP, and Teddy Long turn on their longtime partner, Ron Simmons, thus ending Doom as a team. But the main event, which is what everybody was talking about after this show, was the War Games match between the four horsemen, Flair, Wyndham, Sid Vicious, and Larry Zbysko, defeating the team of the Steiner Brothers, Flying Brian Pillman, and Sting! That's perfect. Patrick is in there. What's he doing? What's he saying, you both? Pillman can't, he's, Pillman is unconscious. He can't defend he's himself. Call, he's calling this thing. The referee's gonna call it. The referee's gonna call it. He's calling this thing. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, referee Nick Patrick has declared the match over because Lion Bright cannot continue. The winner's Ric Flair. Whoa. Harry Window. I'll tell you what. Larry Zabisco. Sid Vicious. Good for Sid Vicious, uh, huh? Is that Tony Schiavone doing the ring announcing at the end? You know, that's interesting that he is doing that. I noticed that as well. Um, I'm thinking Gary Michael Capetta has to be like, what the hell? Why am I here? That's what I would be thinking. (laughs) Bring in Buffer. Now (laughs) Schiavone. Who else you got? You know, it's like, my God. I love that man. He can do everything. He can indeed. He is uh, a master of many languages and aware of many colored pants. Now, how about this one? This one blew both of our minds. And mm-hmm. this one I did not see coming whatsoever. Because there's some things that you're like, okay, 86. So that would have been, you know, we can we, we start to surmise that what might have taken place. Well, we go to February, and this is going way deep into February, but it is a Saturday night's main event that was taped. And we are going all the way down to Madison Square. Well, nope, sorry. Almost got it. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I almost, almost went with the wrong one there. 
No, this one is such a big deal because not because of the matches. Uh, I alluded a little bit earlier to the music that accompanied um, this select episode. There was something that debuted on this particular show. Am I correct in in thinking of what I'm thinking of? You are on the money with that. Mm. Now, this did not debut until 3 186. I want to repeat that. 3 186. But WWF in Phoenix, Arizona, Veterans Memorial Coliseum, February the 15th, 1986. 12,000 people. Pedro Morales defeating Bret Hart. Uh, mm. You got, yeah, let's see what else. Anything good on here? Terry Funk uh, <laughs> defeated, <laughs> defeated Jose Luis Rivera. Hercules defeated SD Jones. Saturday night's main event, number five, it would air on 3186, but was taped here. Did a 10.0 featured Vince McMahon and Jesse Ventura on commentary, included, including McMahon, including the debut of my wild conspiracies. The earth is flat. That is the worst Jesse Ventura. Anybody <laughs> that was really <laughs> bad. <laughs> McMahon. Oh, let me tell you what, McMahon. McMahon. I don't know because it, 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 it's changed over time. It changes like every year. <laughs> I'll stick to Macho Man. Thank God for justice. Uh-huh. Oh boy. Oh yeah. Look oh, at me. Not good. Not good. <laughs> not good at all. Oh my lord. Why would I lose? video and i'm gonna bump out and bump right back in in all right one second here folks (laughs) well while carl is doing that i am repping the sad news bears t-shirt sad news bears are a group of conrad thompson's friends and you can catch them on adfreeshows.com they release an episode it feels like once every week but it's probably like once every other week they are absolutely hilarious They were also named from an episode of What Happened When, in which Conrad said, look, these guys aren't even the bad news bears. They're a bunch of sad news bears. So, hence the shirt. Love it. Did you get that over at Box of Gimmicks, or did you get that because you were on there? Box of Gimmicks. uh, I got the jersey style, so it has, like, the sleeves here. Yeah, it's good stuff. Big fan. Audio's still good. Video's still good. I still look like I'm in a tunnel. Yes. Well, I'll tell you what, Jim Johnston. You were my hero. Nope. Not I that can one. be your hero, hero. baby. Oh. Hey, uh, Lex, you kind of have to get off the bus. Well, I don't want to. Get off the damn bus. I feel like it's like <laughs> Will Ferrell in that SNL skit. Get off the shed. Get off the bus. Maybe I'll just fly in the private jet oh shucks guys no rick derringer's real american debuting this day no taped february 15th 1986 airing later 3186 but it still counts it's february 86 and that's what buddy picked and he wanted to see hulk hogan jam out <laughs> string away hulkster what you're gonna do brother when hulkamania runs wild on you all right hulk hogan looks like he's I am a real American, fight for the rights of every man. I am a real American, fight for what's right, fight for your life. 
When it comes, oh, sorry, dude, underrated karaoke song. So good, very underrated because you got the ladies. I mean, for the for the single guys, not oh the single guys. Oh wait, I don't think. Yeah, not not another one that we. Um, I'm gonna remind people one more time since it was delayed. Rajiv has February 1991. I have February 1986. Picked by our pups. Please use the hashtag pup pick. Go ahead. Oh, well, I guess you got two treats, didn't you? Images of strange and powerful forces. But of all the forces in the universe, the two most powerful. This is 96. This is 86. Which one? Any final decisions? Seem to be going for the left hand. 86 it is. So the thing is, is that um, it's not that we, you know, worship the ground that Eric walks on. I don't have him as Rambo right behind me. (laughs) Not at all. Certainly I don't have his autograph amongst others behind me. Um, I got something in the mail today, I believe from Jared Wise, that I, I should uh, open on. I, I'm nervous to open, actually. Uh-oh. Well, at least it's not from Mike Kolb, so it won't be like oh, a my God. Well, I can tell you what. I'll show you off air what Mike got me. Okay. <laughs> I believe it's a three-year subscription, too, to said magazine. Oh, well. Yeah. Uh, is this a uh, Shawn Michaels-esque magazine? I'm going to do it. This is going to be the worst audio ever. <laughs> hey, you know what's good audio, though? You know what's honestly good? And I do like to put over uh, other things that we're listening to, other things that we have going on. Obviously, Saved by the Pod has been just a huge, huge influence into chemistry, taking notes, uh, being prepared, everything like that. Paulie B, Timmy C, Efren, you guys are the best. The other one that really has, um, I, I, I again, I will still say the oral history of the office is the best, but I, even if you don't like Say by the Bell, the, the last one that they just did, um, did not include Screech, they had taped it before, but it was two hours on the I'm so excited episode, the caffeine pills episode mm. with Jesse Spano. So it's Mark Paul Gossler. Or Gossier, if you're keeping a dossier. I like many French artists, you know. Um, Gossier is at the top of them. But, no, uh, and the guy that did Zach Morris' Trash, this past one is phenomenal into how it actually, like, Jesse, this, you know, Elizabeth Berkeley 
no wanted Hollywood so bad, so bad growing up in the Detroit suburbs. Mark Paul Gossett was like, I don't care, whatever. I'm going to do some under ruse commercials and voila, I'm on Say by the Bell. I'm giving enough. Now, this is where I say that because Eric is a man that is an entrepreneur. He, 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 he's very versatile. He wears many hats. I was, yep. I did have a point to all of that. <laughs> um, and this is something that we talked about. We did it last week. It's going to be a consistent theme going forward as, as far as we see it. And Richie, if you can, in a nutshell, I don't know what a nutshell, I don't, that's not a nutshell. I know. I think I'm doing <laughs> miming again. Um, what is, um, again, bad audio. Um, <laughs> uh, what is crossover culture? That's crossover. Potatoes, right? Uh, 100% because during a crossover during Nitro, they wanted to have some content on. So let's say it's like 8.58 and Eddie Guerrero is going to walk out. And then at 8.59, Rey Mysterio is going to walk out. So you're like, oh, we're about to have a barn burner of a match. So I'm not changing the channel. Whereas most programs, they're ending their show or they're going to commercial because they need the ads right before the top of the hour. But not Nitro. They wanted the meat and potatoes right at that crossover. Hence why we go crossover culture. Booyah. The following singles contest is scheduled for one fall and is a special stipulation match. And now you're going to get four things from each of us. Myself from February of 86, Rajiv of February of 91. And then we break it off into what's the final segment called there rajiv it's uh hold on. Got the... i'm getting something from the back uh oh Fun. it's called the go home it is called the go home i don't know if i have the go home saved anymore oh, oh. No. <laughs> yeah uh, that's the other thing is i got a new laptop and i'm looking for it and i just noticed that go home might not be there so it might be me uh making it while we uh while we do this, and that's okay. we are we are crowd pop live, folks. Hey, we got it right this time. You check that <laughs> intro out. Woo! Thank goodness, I did get it right. Right, you did. You did. Oh, thank the Lord, Jeez <laughs> Louise. Um, all right. So I'm going to lead things off here on crossover culture. Uh, going with this. Actually, I'm sorry. No, this would be you, my friend. I'm sorry. I'm I was going to let you take it. I mean, no, yeah. I almost, I, I looked at it and I looked at three and I said, oh, no, we are good. three is not for me. So we're, that is we're here. All uh, achieve. We're here having a good time and I'm about to bring everybody down. So, oh boy, dude. On the, oh, man, that was <laughs> on, rough. Uh, on the evening of February 1st, 1991, uh, there was a tragedy at the LAX airports. Upon landing, U.S. Air Flight 1493, a Boeing 737, collides with SkyWest Flight 5569, which was a turboprop aircraft at the Los Angeles International Airport. Though air traffic wasn't very heavy at the time, the, the uh, local controller was distracted by some abnorm abnormalities that were going on, including a flight progress strip and an aircraft that had inadvertently switched the off the tower frequency 
So the SkyWest flight was told to taxi itself, stay in place, while the other uh, the other plane was landing on the same runway. There was they didn't know though that they were just hanging out, about to be obliterated into a million pieces. Unfortunately, um, the big plane did crash into the smaller plane as it was landing and continued down the runway with the turboprop crushed underneath it. It ended up catching fire and all 12 people on board the smaller plane were killed and an eventual total of 23 out of the 89 occupants of the Boeing 737 were also pronounced dead. Let's go to the videotape. At 6.04 p.m., an air traffic controller clears SkyWest onto the runway, but advises the plane to hold its position. And at that point is where the one of the big causes of this accident sequence occur. She does not immediately clear them for takeoff. There's a delay. Every second that goes by, there's a mounting threat. That's because minutes earlier, U.S. Air Flight 1493, a 737 that began its journey in Syracuse, New York, had been cleared to land on that same runway. All they see is the menagerie of lights. It looks, in their mental picture, it looks like a normal landing runway. And as they're flying closer and closer, they still can't discern airplane lights from runway lights. They're all the same color. The Boeing 737's main landing gears touch down. Then, as the nose lowers, the landing lights reveal the turboprop. That's the first time the captain sees the plane. What the hell? There's an explosion on impact, and the small plane bursts into flames. Yep. Yikes. Holy cow, dude. That is no yeah. joke. I mean, and, and that I mean crashing and people dying is never a good thing. Um and the crash does lead to the NTSB's recommendation of using different runways for takeoffs and landings at LAX. So something does come out of it, but it shouldn't be something like this that leads to better procedure especially uh, at an airport thank you for that no i uh not only i mean i think that that's a not only goes without saying on this one but it it is something that my gosh i mean yeah the lives lost i mean now you were born in what month just remind our audience september so my mom had to go through labor with me no surprise everybody no surprise on this one. You sh should not be. There was a horrific plane crash on my birthday, uh, August mm. 3rd of 85. Also born on August 3rd, 85. Your boy. Tomas Brady. Todd Gurley. Martha Stewart. It's a loaded day. Just Sounds saying. Like but, but my mom just said, I remember being in labor with you for like, Sixteen hours, like ridiculous amount of time. You were getting ready. Yeah, it's like mom. Well, I wanted to come out on eight five eight five eight five. That's what I was waiting. Yeah, that was the whole game plan. I'm like mom, wait, <laughs> take the epidural. I'll be fine. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna have ADD either way. Um, definitely. One that uh, hits at home is 
what was at the what was on the old big beatbox? What was on the old jam box you're carrying around the streets? Lay down that cardboard and you wanted to break dance a little bit? Uh definitely Whitney Houston. Uh yeah. And I will tell you that Bobby Brown does not not love you. Like I don't no. want that to sound. No, I'm not really. Yeah, that one did not end well for like. Mm. Oops. Because I mean, she was asking the question, "How will I know if he really?" Okay, I can give you a couple of hints. If his first name is B and A, and the last name is Abby Brown, he doesn't love you. Um, <laughs> there, there, there's your hint. There's your there, there, uh. there there's your uh, your giveaway. Hundred people surveyed. But this is from the, uh, actually, the UK Grammys. Are you getting okay. me like two weeks in a row? I'm just the, so there's a bar in Chicago I would take you to right away called the Hang Up, and it's open till like it's open past a time that it should actually be uh, allowed to be open, mm. and uh, they played nothing but like this Whitney Houston. Um, it, it's unbelievable. It's just an absolute unbelievable playlist of like. Kind of where wedding music meets like a house party meets. Okay. Um, so, yeah, it's got that type of vibe going for it. Um, it's wild. It's it's one of the best times you can ever have. Uh, it is at Rush and Division. And I'm going to repeat myself again. Not the Russian Division. <laughs> Rush and Division. Because we tend to rush our words together 100%. in the Midwest. And so I'll tell some people that and they'll be, I'm like, Oh yeah. Russian division. They're like, Hey dude, I looked all over for the Russian division. <laughs> no sight, bro. And I'm like, yeah, cause it's rush and division. You know, who's a bouncer in Russian division. And we asked him, I actually asked him about it hmm. was a uh, good old Eric Bischoff back in the day. Ooh. How about that? Yeah. Right. He's like a jack of all trades. He kind of is, though. I mean, he really is. Yeah. Hi, welcome to the Lauren Yaffe Love Hour. Oh. <laughs> Lauren, I love you. Come on. Yeah, we all do. We, we all, all do. do. You always do a fantastic job. We have to have some fun sometimes. <laughs> We've had a crazy day. I lost I lost our go home, and I'm making it right now as, <laughs> as, I, as I realized that I, well, I got a new laptop, which is good. Uh, new mic, which is bad because the Blue Yeti, the USB broke. Oh, snapped off. Ouch. Because I brought Buddy on for the, yeah, for the Super Bowl. I'm going to keep it going, though. So that was the top of the charts. February 1986, number four, then going to actually number five, we should say, the Dalai Lama and the Pope actually come together. Hmm. Now, this one's interesting. Yeah, this one, 
you know, we don't get into um, religion or politics much on the other platforms of my chat pack live. And I think as far as you can say that if when it comes to talking dreams, it's up to that person what they want to discuss is that you kind of leave it open to them. Is that fair to say? Yeah, 100 percent. If uh, if they want to, then they can. If uh, <laughs> I will uh, full disclosure, if something is object is objectable, is that the right word? Is objectable yeah. to where I don't think the listeners need to hear. I will uh, do a little snip snip, but you're more than welcome to talk about it. <laughs> 100%. So uh, this coming from the New York Times, Pope John Paul II unruffled when a young man tossed a firecracker in his direction. Yes, that's how this Ooh. article starts. But at the end of a mass here, uh, met with the Dalai Lama, uh, the Tibetan spiritual leader, uh, as this was a um, John Paul's meeting with the Dalai Lama at the Papal, oh God, I'm going to butcher that, or embassy. So they met in John Paul's backyard, lasted 20 minutes. Jean Paul Levesque? Yes, Jean Paul Levesque. Got it. Uh, there are a lot of hard names, too. Uh, I do, well, my mom has a Tibetan terrier. After meeting with the Dalai Lama in his third encounter with the ex, uh, exiled Buddhist leader, the Pope said, without visiting Tibet, I go to Tibet through your presence here that doesn't count you have to actually go to Tibet <laughs> physically i'm sorry it just doesn't like your passport doesn't get a stamp that says yep yeah. i went there it's not the through same him, via him like i went through it like i was there like you can't you can't he can't go to a bar and pick up on chicks be okay like, hey, you've been to tibet i have check out the passport <laughs> you're lying that's a ten commandment is it, buddy? Is that a Ten Commandment? I mean, you, by, by, that, by that token, I've I've been to Chicago because Alex has been to Chicago. I've been to New York. Alex has been to New York. Look at all these places I've been. I'm well traveled, dude. You're like, where in the world is effing Rajiv? Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> wizards. Where is he? I can't find him. Um, that's usually what's going on with me. Is like, where the hell is Carl? Is he answering his texts? No, uh, I can confirm. Yes, yeah, yeah. Where in the again? You, what the people don't know at home is how close we were to having a doo-wop open of of when I brought it up to you. I'm like, hey, what about this? And I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna just table that one for now, unless this gets popular. <laughs> And maybe not go with the doo-wop Carmen yeah, San Diego. Maybe yeah, not. Carl, you don't need to find a doo-wop group. That that's creepy as hell, dude. Like, <laughs> don't do that. Um uh so I'll let you take the yeah, yeah. It, this is all you on this one. So we got uh the Gulf War happening here in uh mm. February of ninety one. There's quite a few things, so I'll just touch upon a few of the well, I was gonna say high points, but uh, February 7th, the ground troops crossed the Saudi Arabian border and enter Kuwait, thus starting the ground phase of the war. On February 25th, part of an Iraqi Scud missile hits an American military barrack in Dharan, Saudi Arabia, 
killing 29 mm. and injuring 99 U.S. soldiers. It is the single most devastating attack on U.S. forces during that war. Remember and, when I thought I was going to be doing all the death and destruction, and I was like, "Hey, bro, we got us week week to week. We got to switch it up." So, yeah, that's true. That's true. I did do a lot of death last week. Yeah, yeah. and uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, about that. So then, yeah. but it on, gets good. Hold on, kids. On, Wait, there's more. It, it gets better. There's hope. Uh, on February 26th, on Baghdad Radio, Iraqi President Saddam Hussein announces the withdrawal of Iraqi troops from Kuwait. Uh, and then on February 27th, the United States President George H. W. Bush announces that Kuwait is liberated. And that's just, uh, February want, in the Gulf War. Can you uh, hit me one more time with that... Uh... Uh, I'm sorry, what was that radio station again? It was on Baghdad Radio. Baghdad Radio. 93.1. Girl, you know it's true. Ooh, ooh, ooh. We Welcome to Baghdad to Radio. Vanilli for this. <laughs> this is Delilah. We have with us uh, a caller. I think his name's Saddam Hussein. Yeah, this crap's over. Uh, I got nothing. We're we're out. This, screw this. I'm out. We can't take this anymore. <laughs> um, we have been Kuwait has been liberated. Is that what George H. W. Bush sounds like? That sounds more like George W. <laughs> I was gonna say mission accomplished. <laughs> oh boy, we have crossed oh, the line and And once again, everybody, I don't vote, so you get to be send all your hate tweets to at Carl X Mandic. Um so moving forward into something <laughs> that, well, I was going <laughs> to take say, the heat off is, you, Rajiv. I was going to say this is more lighthearted, but the movie I talk about this week oh, is yeah. Silence of the Lambs comes out on Valentine's Day. Hey, honey, um, I have the perfect movie for Valentine's Day. Maybe Silence of the Lambs. Some fava beans and some candy. There's some, uh, well, we'll get really, uh, anyways. It comes out February 14th, 1991, starring Jodie Foster and Anthony Hopkins. It's adapted from the novel of the same name, written by Thomas Harris. The film is about Clarice Starling, a young FBI trainee who's hunting down a serial killer named Buffalo Bill, who skins his female victims. To catch him, she seeks advice of the imprisoned Dr. Hannibal Lecter, a brilliant psychiatrist and cannibalistic serial killer. The film is the second adaption of Harris's novel after Manhunter, which came out in 1986. Hopkins played Hannibal two more times in Hannibal and Red Dragon. I liked the Red Dragon. Red Dragon is very underrated. Very underrated. Dragon. There's but that spot this, where he's taking the wheelchair on fire and they're like rolling. Oh in the, my. So God, good. That was so messed so up. Good. I saw that in theaters and I was like, ah! See, and I didn't get to see any of these in theater. And I'm hoping once these restrictions get lifted and we're back to some sort of normalcy, that maybe we'll start to see some re-releases of these films because they're, they're iconic and I would mm. love to see them. And speaking of iconic, these, well, not these, but this film, Silence of the Lambs, won the Big Five Academy Awards. What? Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor, Best Actress, 
and Best Screenplay, making it just the third film in history to do so. The other two are 1934's It Happened One Night and 1975's One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. It has Damn, not, dude. It has not happened since Silence of the Lambs. Get the hell out of here. Well, Swear. let's cut to it. Tell me, Mom, when your little girl is on the slab, where will it tickle you? Take this thing back to Baltimore. Five foot ten, strongly built, about 180 pounds. Hair blonde, eyes pale blue. He'd be about 35 now. He said he lived in Philadelphia, but may have lied. That's all I can remember, Mom. But if I think of any more, I will let you know. Oh, and Senator, just one more thing. Love your suit. See, it's a romantic movie. He loves her suit. I'm scared. Uh, you know what I did like? A uh, little crossover wrestling reference here is when they would bring Sabu out on the Hannibal Lecter gimmick. Mm. You remember you ever see that in ECW where he was like all like, he had the straight jacket on and the mask, the spit mask and the whole deal. And the I love that. I thought that made Sabu so oh, yeah. just like, oh my, like what are we seeing here? Now mine is right in my wheelhouse. Because on February 28th, 1986, Molly Ringwald, yes, the, you gotta be kidding me. I just blow a gasket there. What the hell was that all about? Molly Ringwald, part of the Brat Pack. Kind of why this is called the Chad Pack. No, it's actually, when Lauren and I came up with it, it was supposed to be a takeoff on the Wolf Pack. The soundtrack did include, if you leave, I won't cry. I won't. Nice one. Uh, February 28th, and Ducky, who would go on to Two and a Half Men and have to work with Ashton Kutcher and Charlie Sheen. Damn it. How the hell does Sheen sneak into each episode? I love this woman. I love this woman, and I have to tell her. And if she laughs, she laughs. It makes it easier, easier to be. Feel any better if I asked you to the prom? His name's Blaine. He's so beautiful. Blaine? Oh, that's a major appliance. That's not a name. You won't regret it, no, no. Some girls, they don't forget it. Does he have strong lips? <laughs> strong lips. for me you know maybe this shouldn't happen you know maybe it doesn't happen all the time and it doesn't mean it isn't right right this is not the time to get serious over some nimrod he's gonna use you and then throw you away you're ashamed to be seen with no, me I am you're not. ashamed to go out with me Like him, he likes you. Uh, what his friends think shouldn't make any difference. I just want to let them know that they didn't break me. Just don't write love songs like they used to. It's I, I, oh. Uh, now here's the thing: was this directed by John Hughes or not? Because you get a lot of these movies in this genre. You see Molly Ringwald. You yep. see 
uh, Uncle Buck or any of these, and you're like, oh, it's got to be your planes, trains, and automobiles. You, Home Alone, was it written, directed? You know, any of that. Definitely go check out the movies that made us on Netflix. Fantastic Home Alone episode. And the toys that made us. Um, just some great stuff there. Uh, yeah. As I export Go Home. Uh, I'm, I'm really... What's I really hope that month? they, well, I know that John Hughes did not direct it. Uh, he only wrote it. But um, I really want to see the original ending where Ducky, you know, well, whoever hasn't seen it, I won't. No, spoil spoilers, it. dude. It's 35 years. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. So I want to see the original ending where Ducky ends up with her. I just want to see how they did it because in John Cryer's book, he calls this his fist in the air moment. And oh, okay. So the fist and, and what and now what is the fist in the air moment? References Judd Nelson in Breakfast Club. Yep. So yeah, this uh, is written Howard, by John Hughes. Howard Deutsch is the director. They had to reshoot the ending after test audiences didn't like it. And by the way, I have no notes on this. This is just right here. Uh, they had to reshoot the ending because test audiences hated it. So they called Andrew McCarthy back, who had already shaved his head for whatever movie he was working on. So they gave him a wig to reshoot the ending. Um, and eventually, John Hughes was so mad that the studio made him change it that they redid Pretty in Pink. Do you know what movie is the redone version of Pretty in Pink, Carl? 16 Candles? Incorrect. 16 Candles wait, was wait, wait, before Pretty Wait, 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 wait. Not saying almost fire because that was not John Hughes. Hold on. Not weird signs. Nope. Did it have Molly Ringwald in it? It did not. It had director Howard Deutsch's future wife in it, though. That's not Annie Potts. Janine Melnitz from the Ghostbusters who played Iona in this, is it? James Um, Spader was in this. Um... Oh, wait, 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 wait. Um, um, Knott's Landing was a TV show. Uh, Moon. What is it? Some kind of wonderful. Gosh, darn. I wouldn't have gotten that. So John Hughes was that mad that he rewrote, basically rewrote Pretty in Pink, kept all of the elements because he wanted his original ending and Howard Deutsch came back and directed some kind of wonderful as well. Weirder person to be in this. Uh, well, Andrew McCarthy, it's not a surprise. Bouncer. Andrew Dice Clay mm. as Bouncer Andrew <laughs> Dice Clay. Hickory dickory. Dick. Uh. Oh, little Miss Muffet sat on her tuffet. <laughs> Hey, <laughs> three blind mice. Oh, I mean, how the f- did he become famous? How the f- sometimes it just takes some luck. I guess, dude. I mean, I guess I got me on that one. Moving on from movies. Uh, we got some. Oh, you know what? I just got a hold on here. I might have just gotten some breaking news. Uh-oh. Okay, good. I'm working really hard on the uh, bringing you guys the best that I can on XPW, one of the featured 
uh, episodes in season three of Dark Side of the Ring to be released. And it's really hard. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> and no, that's not a reference to the adult film industry and its relation to XPW and the fact that like half the people are in jail. I would have been a really good pun, though. Yeah, actually, if I was actually thinking it all the way through, yeah. <laughs> with with this head, not the... Okay, Carl. Just okay. With, all, right, all right. That's, you know, <laughs> people aren't going to get that on the audio version. Um. So... Huh. Oh, because it's already on there. I see why. So... Moving on from the silver screen, we now transition into a world. In a, a world. world where... A world where... We now look at... I actually have to look at this. Uh, this is me. And we're going to step into the world of boxing. Now, you might be saying... All right, Carl, 1986, probably Tyson. You're right. It is Mike Tyson. But it is not the Mike Tyson that you think it is. It is oh. not this Mike Tyson. No, see, Tyson was indeed his own brand. Before there, Dion was talking in the third person and or The Rock that was talking in the third person because Jim Ross adopted that to The Rock. Before MJ had signed with Nike, but he didn't want to sign with Nike because who the hell is Nike at the time? They make these right. stupid waffle iron shoes. Mm. Literally, their first grid of their first shoe for La Fontaine was out of a waffle iron. Kind of cool. Um, no, this is the start of the uh, downfall of Tyson. Down goes Tyson. Down goes, and no, not Buster Douglas. Nope. This goes to February 20th, 1986. Tyson sexually propositions a sales clerk in Albany, NY. What the hell is going on up there, Henry Ebbingham and Santos? <laughs> Jeez Louise. I'm just going to group Albany with Rochester with Buffalo and anything that's not. Um, it's at a shopping mall, becomes violent and abusive when she rebuffs him. Later the same night, he is ejected from a movie theater after a similar incident. Oh, so he's having pattern incidents, which would eventually lead to Robin Gibbons yeah. and a whole lot of other messes that were soon to follow. Yet Tyson still lives on lore in boxing because when you look up Tyson's 20 greatest knockouts, it's got like 100 million views. I don't condone at all. And I'm going to say this from a, a six-year-old who went through trauma seeing something similar to this. Mm. At all what Tyson did. Right. But for the sake of levity, 
and the sake of conversation out there on social media, mark my words when I say this. You give Ali in his prime and you give Tyson his prime and put them in the ring. And that is over in 30 seconds. Mike Tyson maybe kills him. Hmm, it is made it is, it is eyes rolling back in their head bad. And you know what? We would have paid for it on pay-per-view. Oh, 100%. Fantasy, fantasy booking? Sure it is. But I'm telling you right now, when Mike Tyson could catch you, there was nothing harder that hit than his hook. And he could come from anywhere. Upper, he could hit honestly with any punch or He's bite. Quick. He was quick. Bite your freaking ear off, man. I didn't buy his latest fight because I. Oh God! I knew oh, what it was goodness. before it even happened. But if if Ali and him were to have thrown down, I would have bought that. One hundred percent. Yeah, I would too. I mean, Ali looks frail even looking back at WrestleMania. Mm. The initial one, right? You know, right. it's like, gosh, you know, you just wish. Uh, and again, covering that is still the biggest news story to date that I've ever. I've covered mass shooting. I mean, everything. I can't describe the magnitude of Muhammad Ali. And that's no disrespect to the people of Louisville. I love Louisville. Um, Tyson was just like a hired hitman. He was an assassin with fists. And you know what? The thing is, yes, he did some awful stuff outside of the ring that is not condoned. And in fact, he probably should still be in prison for. Mm. Really, if you want to think about it. But he's not. And this is it. You know, it's a very tough take to have, but... Sure. He had built that brand up so heavily. Yeah. The video game. The and he didn't have to do much speaking. I mean, again, no. there, there wasn't and in the other thing is one of the greatest stories that I've ever been told, just from a storyteller standpoint, was the first internship I I'm gonna punch myself in the face. Well, don't do that. Well, while we're on the boxing topic, my boxing topic is the fight between terrible Terry Norris versus Sugar Ray Leonard. Happened February 9th, 1991 for the WBC Super Welterweight title. The fight took place in Madison Square Garden, and it was pretty one-sided. Norris dominated the fight, and it was en route to a unanimous decision. All three judges had Norris as the victor with scores of 120-104, 119-103, and 116-110. Once the scorecards were read, Leonard announced to the crowd that the fight would be his last. He would eventually return for one more fight in 1997 versus Hector Macho Camacho, which he would also lose. And I believe that fight was done at a lower weight class, so he had probably lost a step at that point. I mean, 91 to 97 that's six years of losing your prime completely so and it's argued that in 1991 sugar ray leonard was already 
past his prime or he was like on the verge of the end of his prime. So you try to come back for one more fight six years later when you haven't really done it. It's not very good. So. And Mike Tyson as well was part of one of my favorite WrestleManias as a kid, WrestleMania 14. It was interesting for me because I was, I wasn't quite seven yet when that WrestleMania happened. So I wasn't exactly sure who Mike Tyson was. I just knew when he came out on Raw, he was announced as to be a big deal. So I took that to heart. And when he started throwing down with Stone Cold Steve Austin, my favorite wrestler as a kid, I didn't like him at all. I was like, no, Steve's going to beat you. Steve's going to flip you off. Steve might even drink a couple beers and pour them on you. So that was my take on that. And then we... We never really bought pay-per-views when I was younger, so I had to wait and wait and wait and wait because it took forever for VHSs to come out back then. So I had to settle for like the little clips that they would show on Raw or Sunday Night Heat even, and I just I could not wait to get my hands on this VHS. So one day we're at, I think it was... It was either Blockbuster or Hollywood Video. <sighs> Probably Hollywood Video. I think Hollywood Video was closer to us. And they finally had it. They finally had WrestleMania 14. So I grabbed it, ran over to where my dad was. He's probably in the action movie section, most likely. And I was like, Dad, we have to rent this. And he said, what is this? And I was like, it's wrestling. It's WrestleMania. We couldn't get WrestleMania. I want to watch WrestleMania. So we ended up renting it, and I probably wore that tape out before we returned it back to Hollywood Video. I watched it over and over and over. There were even a couple times I would rent it, and then we would take it back. And then we would say, can we renew this rental? Because I just wanted to keep watching it. Stone Cold winning his first WWE Championship why not? And he's back. Hey, I filibustered and went over my terrible Terry Norris versus Sugar Ray Leonard. So I got Oh, this. nice. I Excellent. So um, uh, we can wait. I'm hearing it. I'm hearing it from the back. So, this sounds like Mike Kyoto. Is he tell he's telling us something? Bro, you need to just wrap it up. You need to go home. Oh. It's time to go home. I can't say why we do what we do. Ringside for Stampede Wrestling next on VU13. It's a genuine beer. I just checked it. Does not see. Oh, nabes. Oh, nabes. So, as I said at the beginning of the show, Rick Derringer, who did Real American, 
Whitney Houston. How will I know? Uh, so there was one other name in there that we had to fill in the blanks with. And I do have video for yours, my friend. Okay. I am going to turn my back to try and guess something that is going to take place. We're going hardcore sports, mainly NBA, because the NFL is over at this point. Yeah. At this time, the most widely attended NBA game did take place between the Philadelphia 76ers, Moses Malone, Dr. J, taking on the Detroit Pistons. Where? In the Pontiac Silverdome. Really? Not the Superdome, brother. Huh. I was there. I was there for thirty when he was messing it up, and everybody heard it. Um, it's great to be here in the Silverdome. Really like being here in the Silverdome, brother. Um, so no, I don't condone what you've done off either. I know you got a lot of money from Gawker. Yeah, so did that ESPN reporter with the peephole. Anyways, Costamania. <clears throat> Rules, brother. <laughs> uh, so, so we got the Pistons and the Sixers. And yes, Isaiah Thomas Zeke went to St. Joe's. Go check out Hoop Dreams if you've never seen it. Uh, regarded by Siskel and Ebert as one of the greatest documentaries of all time, if not the greatest of all time. That's not the moment we're talking about. No, February of 86 was about the dunk contest. So you're saying, oh, it was MJ, right? No. Little five foot nine or eight. Nope. Inch lower. Seven. Five, seven, five, six, somewhere in there. Spud Webb laying it down hard. but it still wins people and probably the judges. He goes back to the double clutch move. That gets him. What well, a crowd loves it. Oh. Without being able to calm the ball. So much excitement wow. around the NBA. It's really terrific to see that happen. And what that does, it gives so much hope to all the little men who played the game of basketball throughout the country. Okay, I know you're Wait, hold on. What did he just say? <laughs> I'm laughing at that, but think about this. Nate Robinson did it. Right. Think. The other thing is Dominique Wilkins was the human highlight reel. The dude could literally hit his head on the shot clock and he beat his own teammate. That is the craziest thing ever. That little man comment, I could do without that. Yeah, that that one could have gone. The other thing about this is, I'm not going to lie to you. We've talked about time dyslexia with me or numbers. <laughs> I never saw the Atlanta Hawks logo until about 
five years ago, roughly, mm. I thought it was a Pac-Man. I never saw the eagle in it. Huh. Like, I felt like mall rats. Oh, yeah, look at that. It's a schooner. Son of a... You know, <laughs> you know, and you're like, and I got to start all over. It's like one of those magic eye tricks where you're like, I don't see what you got. Oh, I the beak and it's its eye. I get. I thought it was a reverse Pac-Man. I swear to you on my life, I'm not making that up for show fodder. Spud Webb, his vertical was ridiculous. The fact he couldn't palm the ball. I can't palm an NFL football. Mm. Like I can palm the XFL ball. College ball, I could, I could, you give me that, and I could sling that thing. This made its way to Jacksonville and does have a rip in it. James Elkari act like he threw it into the neighbor's pool. I was not happy. Mm. Still love you, James. But here's the thing it pales in comparison in so many ways. Yeah. To your go home moment. Also, dealing with not just the National Basketball Association, but the stream team of Rajiv and Mandic. No, it's the dream team. <laughs> yeah, on the cover of the February 18th, 1991 edition of Sports Illustrated, there was a group of guys, and there was a caption. Let me just, for my benefit, wait, it says, now, what? Now, Are you, wait, wait, before you even give me the caption, Okay. Here's my and you said there's five guys. There are five guys. Here here's my guess. Okay. I have not looked this up. My guess is this and then I, and then if I'm wrong, then give me the caption. I'm going to say that it's MJ Magic Bird Christian Leitner and Charles Barkley. You got 3 out of 5. Michael, so MJ, Bird, Magic, David Robinson, and Hakeem Olajuwon. Now you got two. What the hell? Yeah, you dropped one. Michael, Bird, Leitner, Carl Malone and Chris Mullen. Now you got two again. You dropped another one. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Who's on the damn? Show me the cover. Okay, okay, okay. Share your screen. This is egregious. So here's the problem, and here's the the longer story into this. After you know what, I'll tell it after the video. In bonus content is where I'll tell it. All right. There's that. Are you seeing this? Bark. Oh, God. Barkley, Malone, Magic. Ewing. Ewing. Winning. I'm by Ewing. Watch out, world. This could be America's Olympic Five. Barkley, Ewing, Malone, Magic, and MJ. So I took Magic off there because I thought maybe because of you know, yeah. the hiv. He might not have 
been put on there. But this was one of the greatest features in our pandemic playlist. If you weren't watching Tiger King, I know what you were watching. Last Dance, baby. Well, in talking to both players, they're both very anxious to play against Kukoc in their game coming up against Croatia. And the reason being, you know, both of these guys potentially could have lost a little bit of money off of their contracts if Kukoc was given the contract that was rumored to be. Now, before, we've been taking it easy. You know, not taking it easy in terms of playing, but taking it easy as far as, you know, talking about the games and everything because we prepared and then we blew you out, right? Croatia was loaded. Now, that, I think, is the second greatest 30 for 30 outside of June 17th, 1994. For those who have not seen the story of Vlade Divac and Drazen Petrovic, once brothers, a story of Yugoslavia then torn into this worn, torn, absolute divider of Bosnia into Croatia, into Serbia, Montenegro. Um, and it was literal civil war taking place. Mm-hmm. And uh, Drazen Petrovic was a man that we lost far too soon. But if anybody has never seen Once Brothers and wants to see some of the greatest, if you want Sarsa through and through, Eric, tip of the hat, my my friend, for those listening in audio land, that was a tip of the hat. That's what that silent noise was. Maybe we can get, <laughs> no, I got to get an audio board in here of like tip of the hat. <laughs> um, Tony Kukoc, Dino Raja, Vladi Divac, um, Drazen Petrovic, um, I don't think Arvita Sabonis was on that team. He might have been, correct me if I'm wrong. But that team was nasty. That team was gnarly to go up against the uh, dream team. Now, do we jump into bonus content to to hit the dream team breakout? Hit this real quick. We can hit it real quick. All right. Here's the deal. I'm not going to eBay this because I'm going to regret it. (laughs) (laughs) I'll eBay. I was was given in 1992 the original action figure set. So do you remember like when Tops and they had like the different action figures that they were like a Jerry Rice catching the football? Yeah. But they were, they weren't like, they had like a a mantle or a mount underneath them. Mm hmm. I had an in-the-box Dream Team 1, unopened. Um, Hormonal, prepubescent Carl got very worried about the Bulls' sixth championship against the Jazz and was not happy about the food poisoning game that Utah done. So... I went like Psycho Sid, Toy Story, and WCW, and I broke the heads off of 
Stockton and Malone. Thus, not only unwrapping it, unboxing it, but decapitating said figures. And Mm. I no longer there. I have the whole thing. Minus two. It's worth about 20 bucks. The full thing. Oh, God, no. They have unboxed ones on eBay. Don't tell me. For pretty cheap. Like in the... Re- it's got to be the authentic dream. I, on, I'm de- uh, under under three figures. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I just, let me confirm that this is what you're you're talking about. It's the entire dream team so figure. It's got this, Christian. This is the Stockton. Is but, that it's it? the, but it's everybody. It's every, oh, it's everybody and, in this in this collector items box with the card and the thing. It's everybody. Gotcha. And I opened it. I ripped the cellophane off of it. I oh. I decapitated and dismembered. Don't tell me. If it's o- if it's over a thousand, I'm gonna throw up. It's I can confirm it is not over a thousand. Is it over five hundred? I can confirm it is not. Oh, over okay. I don't feel so bad anymore. You know what? We did end on a high note. Hey, hey, crowd pop live. We pop the crowd. Pop the crowd. <laughs> That'll be a shirt. Um, <laughs> where can they? So uh, at the Rajiv. Eight so is where they can again. find you, and also talking dreams this week with Jose Sandoval. He is just about to graduate, so this is really cool. You get to see what it's like in the mind of somebody that's about to enter the world once they're out of college. Oh, I love that! Yeah, um, I absolutely love that aspect. Uh, real quick in 30 seconds, what was it like for you getting out of college? Yeah, I mean, that time of making that transition, do you remember uh, what was going on, current events, stuff like that? (laughs) I don't remember current events, but I do remember thinking, I have no idea what I'm doing. And I'm right there with you, brother. (laughs) Brother. Uh, 2008, ending up in Bakersfield, California, cash for clunkers, worse economy drop my football worst economy ever Mm. worst economy ever no not even close uh we got out of that one pretty quick uh and working for twenty four thousand dollars at k-e-r-o abc 23 that was some of the greatest times of my life um and to promote this Starting on Fridays, you will no longer have my chat pack live at night. Womp, womp, really? womp. Yeah, I know. So, right? so what are you guys going to be doing then? I, I, and a lot of people right now are just like, either they're like, I hate that or. Oh, I like that. <laughs> Me too. Here's the thing, folks. As the pandemic changes and as things open up, you're going to have a social life again. I realize that. Friday nights were a way to more or less find a captive audience that was held home. Uh, That's not going to happen anymore. So great friend of the chat pack. First interview ever done. Ever done. 
between Lauren and myself was Steven Jackson. That's DJ215 over on Twitter. And the best part about it is he's seven hours ahead because he's just outside of Leeds, England. Oh. So if the uh, Twitter handle got taken today of Cross Pond Chat, that's because what we're going to be doing is highlighting a superstar. He's going to get a superstar. I'm going to get a superstar. And when we say superstar, it doesn't have to be WWE. It doesn't have to be AEW. It can be New Japan. It can be somewhere. But we're going to talk about the honeymoon era. Mm. When they were building to become something. And stop there. Because really, what did we like the most about NXT? Oh, I can't wait to see a main event when they... Well, they always screwed it up for the no, most always, part. Always. So we're going to revisit a couple of them. And I'm going to give it away as an exclusive here. I believe his is going to be Timothy Thatcher, not Les Thatcher. And mine is going to be Tommy End of WXW. Tommy who? I'll give you a hint. No man is ever truly good. No man is ever truly evil. I'll do the things you never could. It's Alistair Black. And he's got a hot-ass wife who got fired. On that note, for Rajiv, I'm Mandic. This has been Crowd Pop Live. We got the name right. And Rajiv, I believe it's going to be same day next week. Yes. Wait. Yeah, it is. This is not the the next week is not the week that we tape. No. Same day. Wait, we taped this thing? Well, we're going to have to for that one. Uh, Later in the month. Sorry, folks. Spoiler. Same day, same time, but... Oh, and same month, but... Different year. Different year, indeed. Peace, love, everybody be safe. See you guys tomorrow.